first of all uh, thanks a lot and uh, welcome to the welcome to our community feel thank free you. to introduce yourself and from there we will get it started sure yeah well thank you for the introduction there big so uh, i guess i can start with uh, telling a little bit about myself and then the company that i sure. founded so i'm paul i'm i i say i've i've been a game developer for quite a quite a while i started making games in 2004 and this was around the time of uh, this was pre app store there were no app stores then uh, most of the games were that i made were on mobile on one of the on the older phones like the i don't know if anyone here remembers the feature phones where they they didn't have touch screens they had keypads and uh, there were games there that were old school arcade games like snake minesweeper these kinds of games i got started making games around that time and since then i've been starting up a few companies mostly focused on building games through digital means so that means like the mobile app stores in the app stores of the consoles and through carriers through wireless services in the carriers so in 2007 also co-founder of altitude games which is a mobile games developer based in manila and that's when we suddenly discovered uh, blockchain and nfts because that was when the when crypto kitties came out and when ethereum was kind of uh, becoming more discovered so we kind of saw that technology we realized that this could be a technology that can change how we pay and play games so we just dove right in and started developing so now we i have uh, we spun off that division of the company to focus more on helping game developers go on blockchain So similar to us who don't know a lot about uh, web3 we want to be able to tell them how to find success in this space so that company that i co-founded now is called OP Games our mission is really to help game developers who don't really uh, appreciate a lot of what web3 and the metaverse are introduce them to this new space we feel that there's a lot that can be done here um, we do need to hindsight of knowing what worked before in games and uh, i think that's something that we uniquely are able to help them out so yeah so i'm looking forward to having this discussion on web3 in the metaverse awesome thank you paul thanks yeah. a lot for that introduction and i personally know you since first interaction was through battle races <laughs> yeah you know we have been yeah and we have been in contact since then like i'm we've not spoken much but yeah we've been in touch and i know your yeah. contribution has been very valuable in the ecosystem and you're still contributing helping devs to get started yeah. so i appreciate yeah. that and thanks a lot for joining us today and there big maybe i can tell a little bit about battle racers now that you mentioned it yeah so uh, yeah. i mentioned yeah. that i had a company called altitude games altitude games was the company who made battle racers so i was the so i was the part of the team who made the smart contracts who started made the integrations with that the central land for example so very very early days it was one of the earlier games on the central land it was one of the earliest games the nft sales as well So yeah, we've seen that model hasn't traditionally been seen with some other independent game developers. So that's something that we really wanted uh, to help people out on. But yeah, thank you for that uh, shout out, Nirvik on Battle Racers. Thank you. I think you guys were pretty early in the game. I mean, like people were just transcending from Web two to Web three, but you were yes. way ahead in that, and you were building game in our metaverse, right? So you guys were mm-hmm. ahead of the space. and i think definitely people will see that as an example and they will learn a lot of things from you battle races so let's get started with the questions right really yeah. excited with this one awesome first question is why 
Web3 and Metaverse is important for gaming today. Why do you think moving to Web3 for a game could be very important? We want to talk about Web3 and the Metaverse, right? And when people say the Metaverse, I know a lot of it is still very nebulous. People, sometimes when you say Metaverse, sometimes people will say it's like VR, right? It's like the next step of what we're playing. People will go into the game themselves and yeah, it will be like another reality on top of our own. But how I see it as a game developer who's been in the space is uh, the Metaverse has been here already in the past few years or even in the past few decades, I would say. It's just not very evenly distributed. An example that I ask people to take a look at is, uh, of course, Steam and the virtual items that you see on Steam. There's this great talk, Yanis Varoufakis. He's the, he used to be the chief economist of Valve and he and the Greek finance minister. And he said that the metaverse actually existed way before. When Valve was making virtual items, they kind of realized that what they were building was uh, was almost like some like a new economy, right? Like people were trading items, people were able to make a living out of uh, trading and buying these items. So so they knew that they there was this the genesis of something like the metaverse already happening there. Uh, something to mention is uh, if you look at the metaverse in that lens, uh, the metaverse has been here for quite a while. And uh, like, for example, when people talk about um, NFTs and putting them in your games, an early iteration of that has already been going on in the earlier versions of the metaverse. So now what's changing, I feel, is the narrative around Web3. So Web3, when we say Web3, is uh, it's a blanket of technologies, uh, which includes blockchain, of course and nfts but also other things that allow us to decentralize technology or decentralize power away from web 2 so it includes ipfs remote decentralized storage uh, DAOs, of course uh, and a lot of other technologies that are coming up soon so i would say web 3 is a good way to take a look at this is web 3 is more of a social movement it's about a movement about decentralizing power away from the centralized Web2 platforms that we're all used to using. So when we say Web2 platforms, um, the one that comes to mind, of course, is Facebook and Meta, um, wherein the VR world will centralize around Meta. And another example is Google, uh, where everything, uh, all the services we use are based around Google. So Web3 kind of reimagines that. What can we do if the services that we use are all decentralized? So having said that, it's hard, of course, right? Like we'll the reason that these things are centralized is because it makes it easy for us to use them. Um, so with Web3, we want to make it decentralized. Anyone can use it. Uh, we, we're free to take our data wherever we want. But that's still a ways away. But, but as I said, Web3 is it's a social movement. It's us taking power back for ourselves. So I think that's really why this movement is very important. Because we need to realize that how much agency we've lost from Web2. And we need to be able to get that back using the, the tools and this movement behind us. Awesome. I think you have articulated the right manner. Overall, the understanding and the trust that we have lost, right, with the centralized services. And uh, although it makes uh, the user experience playable right now, but yeah. uh, I think moving towards more of a decentralized future where you can play games and interact with games and own the items, right? Own the mm-hmm. progress that you make in the game. Uh, exactly. I think that would yeah. be owning your data, right? I think that would be something uh, pretty impressive and to see how it all progresses. But yeah, definitely the future seems bright. 
on the three side right uh, so you articulated it very rightly Yeah, yeah. One, and that uh, is precisely right it's all about the data it's all about us uh, exactly. control, so, yeah. exactly. so we owning our data right that is mm-hmm. important i think this decentralization movement will probably change uh, how we think how we perceive information mm-hmm. uh, because right now people play games and they are accustomed to this uh, notion that they are playing a game and they don't they can't probably sell items but now it is changing they can sell their progress they can sell their data they can sell their they can own their data and they can give it to anyone who is uh, ready to buy their nfts to basically transfer the assets which are in game assets basically right so we'll see a change and i think we are just getting started in this moment the next question how do you mm-hmm. think play to one is helping or changing or impacting the overall game space which uh, includes even web2 games when we talk about pay to earn i think it's good for us to take a look at the segments that it's affecting right of course the first one is mm-hmm. the players uh, and uh, me myself i come from manila and i saw how apps infinity changed people's lives there so um, so yeah so this this new movement um, in, in this side is able to really help uh, players get value from the stuff that they're doing right their, their time and attention is monetized mm-hmm. um, having said that term monetization is uh, i would say it's a double edged sword as well now that we're playing games and we know that we're being we're able to monetize when we play games everything has become very financialized right like uh, Like for example, if someone is playing Axie Infinity, you know that uh, the reason that they're playing it is they're earning because it's play to earn, right? So it's it's the we kind of have to consider that now. Like is is this a job, for example? So what does that mean in the context of uh, of this being a job? So if you are someone in Manila playing this game and you're uh, earning X amount of pesos by playing this game, what does this mean also for, for example, for healthcare, right? Does it mean also for, uh, if are you an employee, for example? So so a lot of these questions are are being asked right now. So the, uh, pay to earn has done a lot of good, uh, but there's a lot of things also that we need to manage well, I would say. So we look at the player side and if we look at the the game developer side which is I guess something I'm really exposed to because uh, right now especially in my uh, space where I talk to a lot of independent game developers uh, a lot of them are very apprehensive around pay to earn a lot of them have seen for example how games have become more financialized as I mentioned uh, I said earlier that I've been making games since 2004 I would say then that when you're making a game The reason you make a game is less about the money, right? It was more about how do you drive a narrative, how do you tell your story, how do you make a fun game. But now that, uh, but when social net networks came around, then like our thinking kind of shifted a bit. Now that social networks are there, we want people to 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 always stay on the game because uh, we're kind of monetizing their attention via ads. So now the games are designed to. To, for you to stay there for a long time to grind watch these ads so the game developers are compensated so you could see that games how they were made were changed because of that and now that we've come to this era where it's about crypto it's about financialized transactions uh, the game developers who've seen that happen in web2 are, are of course very apprehensive they're like uh, this is probably just another way for these platforms to get money from us right so game developers 
there's a lot of hostility, honestly, around play to earn. Um, the good game developers, I, I really respect. Uh, I, I'm sad that they don't look at Web3 the same way that I do because of this aspect. So yeah, so that's affected game developers in that way. Um, so the, I think um, play to earn has good sides, it has bad sides. And what, one good thing, though, with Web3 is it's all very new. We're still defining what's going to happen in this space. So play to earn can become like Web2 if we're not mindful of what we're doing. So, uh, But at least in Web3, we have people building with us who recognize that. So I talked with a lot of people like the, the platform cooperative people who, who have seen how Uber kind of changed from becoming a, a good platform to something to what it is now. So we need to take the learnings that we can from these other platforms, from these other industries. And uh, and yeah, and change gaming for the better. I would say play to earn currently has uh, has done a lot of good for a lot of people, but we're it's still the first version. We we need to make sure it does better. We need to make sure that uh, people who rely on it aren't left hanging when when everything doesn't work out the way the the way that we wanted to. I think it will evolve over the period. Uh, I think what play to earn has done is basically it has created a movement. And now mm-hmm. people are basically looking at games uh, and they are exploring Web3 space because of this moment. I think for gamers also who are addicted or who are pro-gamers, who are diehard gamers, whatever mm-hmm. the term you can coin, but the people who love playing games, right? For them, mm-hmm. it has become a gateway drug to Web3 space or to, uh, to the gaming space. In NFTs, Web3, right? And yeah, I think it yeah. will evolve over the period. But I agree to your point that it has it has changed the understanding and it is slowly evolving into terms like is it, is it a, to earn something, mm-hmm. right? Digresses it a bit from the fun to more of uh, uh, doing something to earn something financial or monetary. Mm-hmm. And I think that is there, that is there, that, that urge is there in overall crypto ecosystem also, right? People generally hop into uh, crypto space because they hear from people or they hear from media. They can uh, probably earn money while getting into crypto space, but that digresses them from the actual movement that is there, which is all about decentralization. Root cause is there. It's it's because of the human, human nature. Uh, how we perceive things and I think it, it will stay there but I think play to earn has uh, helped us and overall ecosystem in terms of bringing these eyeballs, bringing these players, bringing the creators into the ecosystem mm-hmm. and I think it will and we will see how it all evolves and I think you you as the OG in the space in terms of gaming, we will learn a lot from you over the, you know, over the course but yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, thank you very big. I think that that's a good point. Like uh, esports, of course, as you mentioned, and uh, yes. and getting people to understand more about Web two, start playing, and then eventually they realize that uh, playing is just the first step. You can create games yourselves, right? So that's uh, a yes. that can be the better way. We want to one thing that's not notable to mention is Web two was really about these companies controlling the means of production, right? And then once they started controlling yes. that. They extracted value from everyone who's who has no choice but to take part. But here in Web3, we can be the means of production. We can create it ourselves. So people have to go through that uh, 
that journey of being a player first, and then eventually they become the, the, the people who define how things will go. Definitely. So yeah, that brings me to the next question because we have been talking about decentralization and uh, what degree of decentralization is required in gaming or a model which was proposed by A16Z which talks about progressive decentralization. How do you think it will it will impact in terms of developing the games? Because I, I understand that uh, developing games is not an easy feat. You have a lot of tools which rely on centralized sources. So how do you think like it will overall impact or what degree of decentralization is required at the very start or it has to be completely decentralized on day one? It's a good question. I think uh, a lot of people have different opinions here. Uh, I see some games that uh, really go hardcore on everything being decentralized, right? They call it uh, unstoppable games, or games that are fully on-chain. The concept is everything is open source, all of the transactions are on-chain, so anyone can just call a smart contract and then they're playing the game. So th that degree of decentralization is extreme, I would say. The challenge there is... Since the technologies that we're building are still not very mature, not everyone can use them. So you're, the, the people that are going to be playing this game is only a limited subset of people. Um, so, so in that case, then it might not be as successful as traditional gaming, right? So on, on the other end of the, well, not really on the other end of the spectrum, but in the middle, there are game developers like us who, who feel that uh, there is some use for uh, centralized servers still. I agree with progressive decentralization the, the because we need we need players to be playing the game, right? And or, or else there there won't be nothing happening. There won't be any value being created. So, uh, for example, um, just uh, making a game, you need somewhere to host the servers, right? So that means there's going to be a little bit of centralization where where people can play the games together. You can't expect everyone to put up their own Ethereum node. For example, for now, um, so so we do need some sort of centralization around servers, like in Infura uh, servers, even game servers where people can do the multiplayer games themselves, um, and also in terms of creating the games. Uh, right now, a lot of game developers I know are creating it on a on an engine called Unity because Unity provides a lot of uh, benefits. It's easy to use. And they've been building a lot of um, experience already on that for the past X years. But if you wanted to uh, go fully decentralized, we'd use an open source game engine like Phaser, Default, Godot, these other engines, which uh, which I personally hope would, would happen, is that uh, these, these game engines will become a strong alternative to Unity. And so we can progressively decentralize away from that. Because uh, that's one other thing uh, worth mentioning is uh, Unity, I would say, it has become sort of like a web to centralized platform in itself because Unity, when you use it, uh, the the journey there for a game developer is most of the time leading leading you to to build your game to use Unity ads. So, so that kind of has defined already the kind of game that you're gonna make, and also your the value that you're gonna be earning will come from ads themselves. So that kind of defeats the purpose of building on Web three. So, I guess to summarize there. Uh, the degree of decentralization required depends on the game that you want to make. Um, I think we're not yet ready to make a fully decentralized game if we want to reach the, I guess, reach the players that uh, that will benefit from Web3. So there's going to still be a, 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 still some centralization around what we're building, mostly around servers, 
mostly around the, the tools that we're using. But over the next few years, um, if if everything goes well, the hope is we we decentralize them progressively. We'll start using open source game engines. We'll start putting our servers up on decentralized storage or maybe decentralized computational storage or decentralized computational power. And then, then yeah, maybe we'll have uh, unstoppable games that are fully decentralized in the next maybe five to ten years. Got it. I agree to that point. Uh, and I think uh, down the line, five years, ten years, uh, we'll see this movement. Uh, but yeah, we, I think we're still pretty early in terms of that. Um, and I think for for that period of time, progressive decentralization is going to play a major role in terms of how people envision their roadmap in terms of building the games and taking their games to fully decentralized mode. By that time, I think uh, by five years or ten years, we'll see uh, this changing, the tooling which is required today to build the games will go probably, uh, you know, decentralized or probably be built in a decentralized manner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Awesome. So, now that brings me uh, to the next question because we have talked about play to one, we are talking about decentralization and as we spoke that day, decentralization on day one could be not a good way to go about it. Maybe some level mm -hmm. of decentralization or progressive decentralization could be the way to go ahead as of today, right? So, have you observed growth in the free gaming space after the emergence of, you know, concepts like play to one, uh, and then the games being built in Web3 space, uh, which are focused towards decentralization or the games which are following the ethos of uh, Web3. Have you observed any growth or people tending towards more towards building a game in Web3? How the overall observation has been like? Sure, yeah. Um, I, I can speak about um, the number of game developers I've seen come into the space. Um, and there has really been a growth, I would say. And what's nice is uh, a lot of the growth is coming from the countries that have been traditionally disenfranchised. Like uh, I see some game development companies starting out from Vietnam, from the Philippines, uh, from Indonesia, who, who, who've seen what, uh, what, what Web3 can do and really building on it, right? Um, in, in terms of growth in players, uh, I have seen a, a lot of growth as well. Uh, and what's nice is uh, we're getting players who, who haven't traditionally been playing, right? In Axie Infinity, if you've seen uh, if you've seen the documentaries around Axie Infinity, uh, some of these players uh, they're, they're playing these games for the first time, so we're seeing some growth there. Um, I would say though that it's still not as uh, as much growth as um, as what we need. For example, in mobile games, right? Uh, um, one mobile game can easily have millions of people playing it, and uh, I don't think there's already a Web three game that has uh, that amount. Um, maybe Axie Infinity has, but uh, not the others don't, right? So we there's still a lot of growth that's happening, but I, I expect like in the next well, one to two years. Um, Similar to what I saw in mobile, where um, there were only a few people playing, but as the technology evolved, it really went exponential. So I expect Web three to to go through the same to growth trajectory, and uh, I'm pretty sure it's uh, it's coming soon because uh, a lot of the companies are really looking at this now. Everyone's 
uh, a lot of um, of PCs like A16Z, as you mentioned, they're they're looking at uh, how to scale this very quickly. So it, it's happening. It's, the growth is going to happen very fast. Got it. And I think you covered uh, some of the parts that I wanted to cover in the next question. But I think you uh, you answered it pretty right. But would there be any last thoughts on you know? the future of gaming in Web3. Uh, although you have answered part of it, how do you think future of gaming will evolve and uh, where do, do you see it's, uh, it going? Yeah. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, I talked a little bit about it. It's, uh, one thing I isn't hoping is going to happen is everything becomes too financialized. But uh, I think the, that's happened with crypto, right? So I expect this is going to happen in gaming is... Uh, uh, a lot of the games that will be built initially will be focused on pay-to-earn. Um, but at least now we've kind of realized that it's more than just pay-to-earn. It's more about uh, what is the future of gameplay, what is the future of work also. Uh, so how I see the, the future with respect to Web3 is that uh, games will start to to be more democ- democ- democratically owned, I would say. Um, for example, now, if you have a game, the game design is only defined by the game designer. That's, that's just one person there in the, or just a team building the game, right? Um, it, it's it's very similar to how the social ga- social networks are designed. This um, Yanis Varoufakis says that it's like techno-feudalism, right? Where the, the kings are the game designers and the, the players are just there to just be part. They're just the, not able to control what they or their, their voices are not heard, right? For example, if someone makes a uh, a gacha game and where everything is so hard to get, then that's not really fair to everyone. So my hope and what I hope to see in the future in Web3 is that players will be part of the game development. Players will be owners as well of the game. Um, and we'll probably have see new genres, right? Like we, the games that we see now are still modeled modeled from the games that we've been playing. And we'll start to see new kinds of games. We'll start to see uh, games that maybe don't need your screen, maybe screen games that, uh, that make you uh, do other stuff outside of the virtual space. So, so a lot of things. I feel like uh, the future is very wide open. I said that... Uh, Web3 is still being defined and it's on us to make the games that we that we want to see in the space. Uh, thanks a lot, Paul. Um, I think it yeah, has yeah. been pretty insightful session today and uh, our community has learned things about gaming is uh, at the moment in terms of Web3, Metaverse, how things are colliding right now and where are we right now. Thanks a lot. Uh, for joining us.